The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to day nine of our North American LCS team by team preview series. Man, the time has just flown by as we've done these. It's uh, it's been fun. We love doing these kind of preview episodes. And today we are talking about a team that unlike most of the teams we have to talk about, they just stood pat. They were comfortable with what they did. There are a lot of reasons why they feel that way. There are a lot of reasons why people might be skeptical about why they felt that way, especially given some of the moves we've seen. And to break all of this mixed feelings down, I am joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Walter Cietis Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I would say that the moves they made this offseason were actually pretty logical. I would say it was pretty logical of them not to make any moves. I'm uh, I'm surprised by the the intelligence that this organization has so- shown in the 2017 off season. But I'm I'm a little counter logic because contrary to every fiber of my being, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with this team and looking forward to watching them, which is exceptionally weird for me. It's it's a weird feeling. Very as a, strange. As a TSM fan, to say that, I think everyone on CLG uh, and in their fan base should right now take that as the highest compliment you will probably ever get. Uh, so let's uh, let's take that in and let's look at what they did last year. They went 10-8 and eight in the regular season, which was good enough for fourth place. They got fourth place in the summer playoffs, so consistency. 3-1 uh, and one over Team Liquid, 0-3 uh, loss to TSM, and a 2-3 nail-biting loss to Immortals. That was good enough thanks to the points they got from winning the spring split for them to go to the World Championship. They went 3-3 three and three in Group A, including beating Rocks and lo- losing to the Russian team Albus Knox Luna twice because, of course, they did. So, and, and by the way, second-team second All-Pro uh, Aframu, that always has to be said. Uh, oh, yeah. Their, their roster is the exact same roster that they had uh, for all of 2016. Darshan in the top lane, X Smithy in the jungle, Huki in the mid lane, uh, Stixay as the AD carry, Aframu as the support, Zix at the top of the, uh, of the team with his, uh, as the head coach, and someone that has consistently brought a, a lot of intelligence and structure to the organization. Walter. You already said you feel great about uh, the offseason that they had, or at least are happy for them. As a TSM fan, you're probably not happy they made smart moves, but this did feel smart to stay pat, right? 
The, the problem is, like, I've gotten to the point where as a TSM fan, the CLG, sure, they're a big rivalry, but I almost... Just because there was such a long stretch where Cloud9 was more successful than CLG, it feels like the rivalry shifted. So now it's, like, an equal rivalry with Cloud9 and CLG. And for a while, we just sort of looked down at CLG as, like, oh, that's cute. They're still an LCS team. That's adorable. And then they ripped off and they won two finals and, and kind of made us cry for a little while. But then we took it back. We, we won a couple more titles, and uh, we're back in our dominance. But CLG has figured out a system, and, and I think the primary guy here to really look at is Ixlow. He has figured out his system. He knows how he wants his players to play. He knows exactly what roles they're supposed to fill. And he has the five players that fit his system best. Like, What better way to fine-tune your system and keep improving it than to just keep the same players in it that you invented it for. He made this system for the five players they have, and they've just shown a propensity for it. And despite the fact that in the summer split they faltered, they faltered quite a bit. Um, I think that was just more individual players not performing at the level that we've grown accustomed to them than anything that Zix has done as a coach. I don't think that he needed to make any sweeping changes. I think that they have shown that they are still one of the most cohesive teams in, in the LCS, that they are very strong. They have a great bottom lane pairing that, that you know, is kind of the cream of the crop in North America and a region that is very well known for its bot lanes. Um, it's really hard to sort of match what Stixay and Aframu have been able to do for the past two years. Uh, so, so when I look at this roster, yeah, I think that standing pat was an absolutely intelligent move from CLG. Um, I am slightly disappointed that they didn't add any sort of competition, uh, to the mid lane. I think Hui sort of needs someone to kind of challenge him, someone to, uh, you know, take a couple of reps off of him in scrims just so he, he keeps trying to get better and someone that could point out and be like, yeah, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how, you know, how you should play the matchup. Someone that he can just 1v1 constantly and, Maybe the addition of the CLG Black roster that they still are keeping despite the fact that they didn't qualify through the Challenger Series. Um, maybe Tuesday will help be that guy. Uh, but just watching that team in the open qualifiers, they didn't look like they were at all ready to play even in the Challenger Series. So I'm not quite sure what Tuesday would bring necessarily to the growth of Huey. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate that the Challenger roster performed as poorly as they did. I'm sure that CLG had... Uh, much more optimistic plans. I do think that, you know, this is a, a team that CLG agreed to take on knowing that they couldn't sell off the team in the challengers, uh, you know, if they made it into the LCS. So certainly it's something that they are using as a farm system, as, as a way to, you know, bring talent along over time mm -hmm. in a low pressure environment uh, where they can learn from playing against, you know, the star players that fill out the main roster and hopefully they do make each other better. Hopefully there are some things that Tuesday does that maybe he doesn't. And, you know, every little bit does count. And it's, it's that thing that we've mentioned before. When we talk about teams that are constantly making tons of changes, it's very unstable. There's a lack of structure. There's a lack of, you know, discipline a lot of times. There's a lack of just cohesion because they never get enough time to build it. CLG has all of those things. They have a structure that people can believe in that's proven to be successful. And there's a lot behind that to get excited about. And Walter, when you get excited about this team, when you write, you know, when you wrote down what excites you about this team, it, it isn't just the, the cohesion and the team chemistry. There are two guys in particular that stood out to you. 
And why did those two players stand out to you as much as they do? So Doublelift is on hiatus. He's, he's simmering down. He's streaming. And I think there is the position of the best AD carry in North America is up for grabs. And the first guy, Stixay. I think Stixay has the opportunity now to really erupt and really break free of sort of the, the you know second, third, fourth kind of mantle that he's been sitting at because double lift has been on top. I think he's a better technical, mechanical player than Stixay, who's long been, you know, top three eighty carry in North America. Wild Turtle has had a fall off. I know we have the the addition of Arrow from Korea and we have sort of Lod coming up and, and being an up and comer. I think this is the moment where Stixay takes that next step and he becomes more than just you know, a cog in the CLG machine, and he becomes the primary number one carry on this team because the inconsistency that that Huey and Darshan had in the summer split was matched by Stixay and Aframu really trying their hardest to pull this team on their backs. And it also comes to the other player who made massive improvements, despite his solo blanders kind of taking a step back for the majority of the season. X Smithy has done a hell of a lot to break the shackles of a guy who was missing, you know, Sejuani ultimates left and right. He really has proven over the last year that he has broken free of the weird lane swap that he had back when he was on Vulcan. That he wasn't just a guy that was brought in because he sort of fits. He has now proven that he deserves to be talked about in the upper echelon of North American junglers, which is kind of rough because we have Rainover, who's an exceptional jungler. We have Dardock, who is the young stud of North American talent when it comes to the jungle position. Sven Skarin, who had a, a breakout at the Season 6 World Championships. He played phenomenally. And Smithy, who has been steadily growing over the past year, year and a half, I think this is the moment where he really surges into that conversation. Where now it's not Dardock and Sven Skarin and, Rain- and Rainover. Now it's Dardox, Fenskare, and Rainover, and X Smithy, and which one of these are better, and all of these intricate matchups that happen. He's proven that he can play carry style junglers. He can play the Nidalees. He's not just a tank bot. He's not just, you know, this utility guy. That he can be the one that you say, we need to win a game. Go do it for us, X Smithy, because we're going to play utility around you. So I'm really excited just to watch these two players continue to grow and continue to kind of raise their status among North America and, and the talent that's among them because the surge of talent that we've gotten have not necessarily been in those positions. I, I would say that... You know, it's mainly been top lane, it's mainly been mid lane, and you have one or two players here that, you know, here and there, Chaser and Arrow in particular, that have joined the North American League, but this is really where Exmithian sticks they can take that next step and really cement themselves at, in the upper echelon of their position. Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, when you look at Stixay, the number that stands out to me is, is something that makes him kind of poised to take that leap forward. He has a 5.0 CS differential lead at 10 minutes on average in the summer split. That is a very great number over the sample size of 46 games that he had played over that time. That tells me that week in, week out, regardless of who was against him, he was able to get advantages for his team. And certainly with the youth that he has, you know, that he brought into the team last split, like he still has more to learn. There's still ways to grow him within the system. And it feels like he was getting better and better every week. I do agree with you that's going to continue. X Smithy, 
I, I think the fact that we even have to bring up things like Sejuaniels just reaffirms the internet adage of what is meme shall never die. He, <laughs> he is certainly far from that guy. I think you're, you're on the head there. I'm not as high as you on his aggressive champs. Uh, his grave still looks off to me, and his Nidalee was 1-4 in, in the regular season. It, uh, it did a little bit better at the uh, midseason invitational, but not really great when he brought it back home. But certainly he's a guy that, you know, when before you would have to question whether he was going to be the the player that you needed week in and week out. Now he is consistently very good uh, yes. and with moments of greatness, which is really all you need from that position when you have the carries that are supposed to be leading your team. But there's a carry, Walter, that uh, that maybe you're less sure about than you are when it comes to sticks or perhaps even two guys that you have to be worried about. After last split, the problem is that the the sort of surge that Stixay and and Xmithy have had has sort of been matched by a, a downswing and a sort of inconsistency from these other two players. Um, I might as well just talk about the whole roster at this point. But Huey, that's the thing. I said earlier, I really wish they had brought in some sort of competition just to sort of push him more. This guy has had some moments of brilliance. He's had had some exceptional Cassiopeia games, some exceptional Syndra games. Um, his Aurelian Soul is one of the best in the world, probably only matched by Fly from Korea. Um, but he also has some moments where he completely disappears and where the opposing laner just can take advantage of him, and he's constantly ganked. And he really needs to nail down what type of player he is for this team to be successful. He had to be consistent, and he was reasonably consistent when CLG won their two titles. He wasn't fantastic. He did not have moments like the Cassiopeia games where he was outright solo carrying for his team, but he also didn't have these moments where it looked like he was completely lost on the map. He sort of sat in this medium where, yeah, he makes a couple mistakes, but he also really listens in team fights and puts down his skills where he really needs to. And now his, his floor and his ceiling have kind of grown apart, and he really needs to pull that floor up. He really needs to get that back to where he was and really pay attention to opposing ganking patterns and really make sure that he's well warded and knows when he wants to roam and understand that when he's playing something like Aurelian Soul, where teams know he's going to roam a lot, he needs to make sure that his paths are clear, that they've been swept, that they're already pre-warded, that he's not going to be getting caught out. And then the other guy. This is a guy that's near and dear to your heart. Oh, but yeah. I've been watching him forever. He's been around the League of Legends team almost as long as, you know, CLG, TSM, you know, some of these organizations, some of these other players that we think of. He's outlasted a lot of them. And that's Zion Spartan. That's Darshan. I know him as Zion Spartan still. I still call him yeah. Darshan. And he was the rock. He was the quintessential rock for this team. And he's been the rock for the majority of his teams. But as you got towards the end of his time with teams... You saw what happened in the summer where he started to get inconsistent. And usually this was just he wasn't matching up well with his jungler. There was other issues going on within the teams. You so famously remember Shifter not talking to Nintendude. And you bring that up almost as much as you bring up Miracle and a Ringer. Never but forget. Never you have, forget. <laughs> you have these moments where it starts to look like he's petering off. And it looks like maybe things aren't working anymore. And that's what I saw in the summer. And he sort of helped fix that going into the playoffs. And he sort of fixed that at Worlds. I'm afraid, though, that this downswing has just become a, a matter of life for Darshan. That after about three or four splits, 
he just doesn't quite fit with the team anymore, and he doesn't get back to that number one top laner echelon, that top three top laner echelon in North America, until he has a scenery change. And I really hope that Zix can can change that, can break that sort of trajectory, because I can't imagine this team not having him anymore. He has been such a rock for them. When they you know bring in this rookie to replace the star and face of the franchise, Stixe replacing Doublelift, the mantle was passed basically to Zion's part, to Darshan. You're the guy. You need to be our, our, our star. You need to be our carry. You need to be the face of our organization. And he's held that mantle very well. But now as all these other players are starting to improve around him, as the talent level in the North American top lane is going up, he has never had to play against this type of top lane talent consistently in his career. He has never had to deal with Someday and Flame and Looper on a day-to-day basis and impact. These are really strong guys, and he really struggled when he had top laners bring it to them. He struggled against Haunters. He struggled against Impact. So I'm really worried for him if they can't break this downswing that he's going to become their primary point of weakness, and they're going to have to replace him. Yeah, I mean, and this is a problem that I have always had when it comes to Darshan in general. I love him. Uh, I've loved him ever since he was on Team Dynamic in Season 2. But as we've mentioned before... Guys who are old, long-time veterans of the scene, at some point, it is incredibly difficult to keep up with the sheer number of changes, the new influx of talent, the, the way in which just approaching the game from a mental perspective has changed. It is hard to keep up. Even Yellowstar, a guy who we used to think was impenetrable for his game sense, ended up fading at some point in time. It's just part of being a player at any competitive level. You can't be on top forever. And these are the two stats that worry me the most about Darshan. Uh, he did the second highest, uh, sorry, he did the third highest percentage of damage for his team. They are relying on him quite a bit. Uh, once you take, you know, sample sizes into account, uh, they have been hugely reliant on him compared to other, uh, other teams as far as top lane damage comes in. And they've been rewarded for that with a 2.3 KDA. Um, that is the second lowest amongst top laners that played 10 or more games. So you're looking at a guy who had a worse KDA than Zig or Seraph or Ray or Brandini or Laura. Like, it's not good. It's really... You don't want to be down there, no. That is not where you want to be. And it's not where you want to be when a region like North America that has been known historically to be very weak in the top lane position now imports a whole bunch of potentially strong top laners. You can't have a downswing and then see an uptake in talent from the rest of your team. And the big concern for me, and this is kind of the funny part for me, is that I'm not as concerned about the fact that Darshan isn't playing very well. You can build a system to set Darshan up for the split-pushing, heavy-damage kind of compositions that he used to excel with. The problem is I don't think you can do that without hurting what Stixay, Edix, Smithy, and all of the guys that you pointed to earlier as having taken an uptick in their play. Correct. You could. You don't want to pull them back down. You don't want to hamper their development for the sake of Darshan. So they're going to have some choices to be made. Uh, Zix has obviously spent the entire offseason uh, thinking about this. And at the end of the day, Walter, what is the thing that you point to that's going to determine where this team ends up? 
it, it's the same thing that's always determined it for them. It, it's that team chemistry. Can this team chemistry, can the, the shot-calling prowess of, of Afromu, can their roaming, can the strategy and game plan that Zix Lull seems to provide to them on a game-by-game -game basis, can that overcome some of these deficiencies? And as we saw towards the end of the summer and going into Worlds, not always. It is not, because, it, it is not this gold standard anymore where it's unfallible. It is... There are cracks in it. There are moments where Hui and Darshan, because they are performing so poorly in laning phase, you can't come back from it. That, that it puts such a strain on everything else that they're doing. And as much as I talked up Stixay, he is not at the point where he can solo carry. He is not at the point where you put him on a vein on this super hard carry champion and you say, go to town, we're going to play four, v, you know, four protect one. He is not at that point yet. Can he get there? I'm sure he can. And I think you know, that's what I'm excited for of the split is that maybe he gets to that point. But the game plan can only go so far when the players that are in it are just underperforming to that degree. You never would have kept put Darshan at a level with someone like Zig. You never would have put Darshan at a level with someone like Seraph. And when you're looking at the statistics, that's not good. He's always been a top three guy. You built this system around Darshan being a constant, and that the other guys around him can fluctuate a little bit. X Smithy can fluctuate a little. Hui definitely can fluctuate a little. And while X Smithy and Stixay and Aphromoo to a certain extent have gotten more consistent, the strategy that Zix Lowell built, the original one two years ago that brought them two championships, was built on uh, Darshan being that guy. So I trust in Zixlol to, to edit that, to adjust it, to uh, realize that he can't use the exact same plan that he has for the last year and a half or so. And I figure that he's adjusted it along the way. But now he really needs to make a very hard look at it and, and a major adjustment because you can't count on Darshan to be that guy. Anymore. You just can't. And you can't count on Huey not to have these sort of ebbs and flows in in you know, on a week-to-week -week basis. There were some weeks that he was fantastic. There were some weeks that he wasn't. So you really need to fine-tune all these little adjustments and realize that the power dynamic of your roster has shifted now from a, an exceptional top laner and a really, really amazing support to now it's an amazing bot lane and a really solid jungler. And like I said, if there's anyone that can do it, it's Zixlal. He has proven time in and time again that he is probably the best coach in North America. I will give him that title. I, I think he is better than Reaper. I think he's better than my own personal coach, Parth, on a, on a, on a whole. Um, but when your team isn't being successful, you don't get, re you know, you don't get rewarded for it. So I, I look to this split. I think they're going to make some adjustments. I think we'll see a little bit of a resurgence, resurgence from Darshan because Zixlo is going to realize he can't just put him on an eye put him on an island anymore. They have to work a little bit more with him and make sure that he's really in comfortable matchups and and really fine-tune what they need out of Darshan on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. And I think we saw kind of a preview of what that might look like last split. Uh, if you remember, CLG started very slowly last split. They ended up losing, uh, I believe, six of their first nine games. They went 0-2 in week one. Mm -hmm. And then managed to split games, but they lost their first game in week five, I believe, is how that ended up working out. Yeah. So it's 
it was a rough start to that split. And we started having questions of, you know, is CLG even going to make the playoffs? And obviously, yeah. we know in retrospect, they turned <laughs> things around. You know, they finally figured out what the, what the balance for these things were. And they did make the adjustments. And, and that's all great. And that's one of those things where if you're a CLG fan, you bank on the idea that any of the adjustments you're going to have to make... You have proven before you can make adjustments. You have a coach that we trust to be able to make adjustments. And we have players who have enough experience and have enough trust in the system that the failsafe should kick in. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm saying this now because three weeks into the regular season, I'm going to want to freak out if they ha end up having struggles like they did last split. And I'm going to have to replay this section. And I say, I suggest to CLG <laughs> fans, save this for you as well. There's going to be time where they're going to have to readjust. This is a very different top lane. It's a very different style of LCS play. Yep. But there is a system in place in CLG. And I believe in the system until proven otherwise. I have them in my top four. I have them probably in the four seed right now. I still have a couple tweaks left to make, but I just have enough faith that they'll be able to pull it out like they did last split as a worst case scenario. And I, you know, we'll, we'll see how that holds up. Walter, where do you put them at the end of the day? Definitely a playoff team. I, I will definitely put them top six. Uh, the problem is I need to see how some of these other teams play out teams that have imports Dignitas in particular. Um, there's a chance that CLG gets out on top of some of these teams early on because they didn't make any changes. They do have that synergy. They don't need to worry about integrating new players and building new systems and making sure that, you know, that, that someday can communicate with Vlad and all these other things. Uh, so I'll definitely say playoffs. It really will depend on if they can sort of mask some of the deficiencies that we've seen uh, appear from Darshan and from Hui, or if... Uh, or if other teams are going to catch up really quickly and you know look to exploit those things. Like I said, Darshan right now against the top lane talent that's come in, um, it, it really worries me. So there's a lot of pressure on him and on this coaching staff to make sure that they can uh, put him in the best place to succeed. Yeah, undoubtedly. It's going to be really exciting to kind of watch and see how CLG reacts, whether this is going to be the... Uh, the signs of the end of an era or whether this is going to be just yet another relaunch and, and reset and just, you know, making another run. It's going to be very fun to find out. This has been an exciting podcast. Hopefully you yeah. guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please let us know. If you don't, please let us know. We just love hearing from you guys. We like feedback. We like talking to you guys and keeping the conversation going. You could do that in the comments section underneath you here, or you can do it on Twitter. I'm at Redshirt King. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. Uh, can't wait to hear from all you CLG fans uh, on this one. And come back tomorrow for the last day of our team previews where I don't know how many positive things I have to say about the roster, but at the very least we can say that their owner bought him one hell of a jet. So until then, <laughs> goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Pod, 
Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.